0: Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode 22. This is your solo host, Aaron, again. Everybody's still either out of town, opposite shift. Uh, Got some training in the morning, uh, so going to have to go solo again, but I got some some half-decent material for y'all. I'm going to go over uh, some stuff that some of us did um, this week training-wise, what we thought of some of it. some of it that sucked, some of it that more people need to work on. going to get into a couple of current events. I like to at least do a couple articles a week um, you know that have to do with you know just firearms and law enforcement and we even have kind of a crazy in-state story um, to kind of hit on um, and then kind of a a big announcement at the end. It does not have anything to do specifically with CTG, but it has to do with uh, some of our brothers at Valkyrie and uh, a big event that they're going to be putting on. If you listen to that episode, you'll have a good idea of what that may or may not be. So first I'm going to uh, hit on some training we did this week. Um, depending on where you're at, what state, what agency, sometimes everybody qualifies once a year um kind of like in the military um that was kind of a big event on the reserve side of the house for the marine corps um which i which i was a coach for a marksmanship coach for um it was always a good time uh after boot camp in boot camp they made me kind of hate shooting because it's just a haze fest um in law enforcement not much uh as much of a haze fest it just kind of depends uh if the instructor's like you or not and that was pretty evident uh during during my day out there in the heat, in the South Carolina heat. Um, so usually if you're a half-decent officer, you don't get fucked with too bad. But, like I said, depending on what agency you're with, is, uh, how big your budget is, how big your agency is, will dictate how much you get to train uh, you know, on the man's dime and not yours as expensive as shooting and and everything else has gotten now um, recently. So we had a couple groups that were out there. um, And by groups, we're all in the same agency, but they kind of – the range is big enough to where, you know, on one side of the range, people could run pistol qual, And on the other side of the range, people were able to do um, the – PAT test which is what we call it in South Carolina it's the physical assessment test and we kind of throw some shooting in there towards the end um, and then we did this little kind of I call it the the walk around figure 8 um, drill which was just walking down a range and you were like turning your back to the targets and well I wasn't a big fan um, then the ne- next one after that they had kind of a scenario where you know, it was a shoot-no-shoot no shoot situation from from the car. Um, had to get your long gun. Went through a couple things over there. You know, run 50 yards. You know, some officers run. Some of them don't. Uh, you know, most, for just regular yearly quals, they don't have um, very high standards. Uh, I've never really heard of somebody getting kicked out of law enforcement for um, – for going too slow on a test and they make the, the the times and numbers so doable and then unless you're on a specialized unit like like, like you're gonna be fine um, and then we wrapped that up with rifle qual I was trying to f- I got the uh, course of fire for the pistol here in South Carolina but I could not find the um, I kind of did this last minute and I couldn't find the the course of fire for rifle but it's nothing. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing. It's nothing to show off about. It's pretty, pretty standard. Um, I mean, you only go out to the fifty with AR fifteen. So, like, if you're not in the ninety percentile across the board, something's wrong. So, first thing, um, in <clears throat> in South Carolina, there's uh, for law enforcement and for security because I've done both. Um, there's actually more than one course of fire, um, that is signed off by the academy and by SLED. Um, and when we're in security, you kind of, it's been a couple years now where I I actually had to (coughs) qualify anybody and, uh, sign them off. So I know there was. Depending on somebody's skill sets, there was, you know, one that was a little bit more heavier from the holster, you know, maybe one that didn't go out to the 25 but made you do more single-hand shots. And it was – you just kind of judge it off your shooters, which one, um, you know, might be good for your – or might be better for your students. Um, For me, I didn't give a fuck. I just – I would shoot all of them. Um, So basic course of fire here in South Carolina, stage one, six rounds from the three yard. Two and two seconds, three times, coming from the holster, pretty basic, center mass. Uh, Then you're backing up to the seven, one-hand shooting, strong hand, weak hand. You switch, got ten seconds, eight rounds, nothing crazy. Uh, Stage three, so you're kind of in the middle here, 12 yards, six rounds. uh, So you're pretty much doing four rounds with with a combat load. Uh, going down going down stage four you're getting into uh, it says here from the weaver or belated ready uh, so you're already out of the holster so there's just a course of fire two and three seconds two and three seconds two and three seconds reload two and three seconds two and three seconds uh, go to the 15 then you're using uh, barricades which we just kind of you know lean to the right lean to the left Also do that from the kneeling. Uh then you go back to the 25 and this is where you just do two from the prone, two from the kneeling supported, and then two from the standing supported. And depending if you have support or not, you kind of modify those. So there's some course of fire where you're gonna have a speed reload. Or a combat reload where you're throwing that bastard on the ground, you're just trying to get uh, more freedom seeds in there a little quicker, Um, or you do attack reload and you would uh, retain that magazine, be it, you know, depending on what your gear set up, you know, if it's on your vest, if it's on your belt, if you got to throw it in your pocket, depending on what your setup is, because, you know, of course, a fire for qualification isn't necessarily going to be the same on what you've got on your body. So, Pretty straightforward. Um, and that's at a two fifty, and it's not staggered. Um, I think it should be staggered, um, kind of like in the military with you know, expert sharpshooter, um, and then pizza box for our Marines out there. That would be the worst, so you don't want to be a pizza box. So next that I went to went over to the PAT, which is just a little agility test. Um it is nothing hard for anybody that has not done it. Um, it's way easier than any type of obstacle obstacle course you'd really see like, you know, if you go on YouTube or you look at some of the obstacle courses the Marine Corps goes through um, or even stuff that I've seen at Fort Jackson and Benning, it's, I mean, you're doing a little hop and a skip and you go up some steps and you go over simulated fence and go through a window and you drag a bag that's like maybe 50 pounds. Um, being a half decent athlete when I went to the academy, I'd never run it. And I just, you know, went as fast as I could fell twice Had the third fastest time in the class. And it was the first time I'd ever done it. Um, try to compare that to some, uh, to the O course and the Marine Corps. And you got to practice that motherfucker. Um, then we did, I, I call it the figure eight drill. But you kind of set up, like, zigzag cones, little low uh, cones like you did, like, in, like, rec soccer or some shit. And uh, you got targets. Some have their hand up. Some have, you know, a gun pointed at you. Some of them a gun, like, I don't know, like, around their shoulder. One had them in their, like, waistband. So it was, like, a shoot or no shoot with your instructor just calling out threat, like, after you would turn your back to the target, after you walked to the target. And I wasn't a fan. Um, so far in all three of those exercises we did, there was no blanks in there. Oh, and I forgot to mention at the end of our PAT test, we add shooting to it. So <clears throat> we go from the, I believe it's from the 50. Um, you get a couple rounds on the AR and you got to load it, slap the beaver tail, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you're shooting at steel. So it's a lot more motivating. Then you move up, do a couple rounds of the shotgun. Then you move even closer and then you do some rounds, um, with the pistol so for just regular deputies the like I said the bar is kind of low and then there's really only a standard if you're being uh, screened for SRT and being uh, and then to be retained on SRT Um, which changes yearly because in law enforcement you can do that can just kind of it's all internal it's not you know law enforcement wide like Marine Corps wide or big army wide or Whatever. Next we did a little running and gunning from the car. Um, you got to be in your car, you had to engage targets, um, you know, with your seatbelt on from inside the car. Not a lot of people practice that. Um people do mess up on it and kind of shoot their car. Nobody in my group did it, um, but I've heard stories. Um, you know, they're banging on your car, there might be sirens going off. I mean, there's some people that like they'll do this at night and they'll have blue lights going and smoke bombs going off and all kinda of shit. But uh this was kind of a makeup date for us because of some other training uh me and some other personnel had to go uh go do and then some of the school resources it was kind of a mixed group. Um so they didn't go too hard on us, uh, compared to some people. I'll just say that. Um Run out of the car, get your AR from wherever it is. Depending on what kind of car you got In department policy, it'll be in different places. Some people always want them in the trunk. Some people have different, you know, locks inside their car. Uh, you know, mine is kind of back and above my head, which is kind of it's kind of awkward. But I mean, you train, you get used to it. It's not anything fucking impossible. Um, all of this stuff, I was, I was. being screened for srt um still kind of up in the air so i was kind of busting ass on all these so you sprint back 50 yards um you engage a series of targets you know with the hands up or they're pointing a gun at you or whatever uh move up to kind of some a staggered support kind of looks like a kind of looks like a nine hole but with no nine holes in it it's just stared um strong side weak side you got people yelling at you there too and then they're, they'll throw in some dummy rounds in there and if you go weak side and then take your hand off the trigger they're going to yell at you and you know you try to avoid that but you're going to do whatever you can do the quickest to get your gun back in the fight uh so you know if I take my hand off the trigger for a second or whatever if I can do that faster than the other way I'm going to do it uh so In in the Marine, well, just in the military, they might be a little bit more strict about it. But in law enforcement, in that kind of setting, so what? Just do it as fast as you can and as as efficient as you can. Um, And then we went to rifle qual. So we, that one was a little different because we started back from the 50. You know, you do a prone, kneeling, stand. Everybody gets done, then you stay online. You know, depending on how many shooters you got. I think we probably had like a group of ten or something. You know, you walk up, go to the twenty-five, and then you know they call out like two in the chest, one in the groin, three seconds. One. You know, it's not as fun in the Marine Corps when you got the guy in the tower fucking yodeling at you, but whatever. Um, anyway, basic course of fire. You know, they'll two in the chest. Uh, you know, one in the groin, two in the groin, one in the chest, like. And so people are getting into those groin shots, those, those disabling shots um, a lot more. Um, like I said, I haven't been in any specialized units now or been to any special schools where I've been really educated up on that. Um, I know Kyle has. Kyle went through a pretty, pretty recent training with him being on uh, SRT in a different county. I mean that's all tactics anyway, and a lot of people don't. A lot of normal people don't even think to shoot people in the groin to kind of immobilize them. But we're getting into the weeds of kind of shooting tactics and stuff. Um. So kind of sped through that. It wasn't anything. I mean, you can go on YouTube and see all this kind of stuff. It wasn't. It wasn't mind blowing stuff. This is for basic level deputies. This isn't full blown, you know, SWAT school or a competition or anything uh, well, a formal competition. I mean, there was a bunch of us there competing and that's, that's one thing I wanted to hit on. Um, whenever I go to these training events and I'm, I'm pretty sure Bobby and Kyle and some of the guys that have been on here, uh, before do the same thing. Whoever is your competition, like I'm going to go stand like right next to them. If we're on the flat range, and we're fucking shooting i'm gonna make sure i move faster and harder than them the whole time and it motivates you to do better if it's shooting if it's running um you know any kind of like cognitive where you got to make decisions and you got dummy rounds in your gun and you got to move around your car and make sure that competition is there to make you better um don't get sloppy I mean you want to go hard you want to go fast but you know the classic like you know uh, smooth is fast kind of it's more of a more of a mindset and then when somebody sees you or you record yourself you can kind of see it you can kind of see it more it's a little easier to understand than once you see somebody that's actually got it down Um, but there was <coughs> there's a couple scenarios some people with the dummy rounds they just had uh during that last running gun where you're like going from the car and running you know sprinting back to the 50 and and all that there was somebody got like a mat a ma- a whole mag of dummy rounds so you're just tap rack banging everything or tap rack ready in law enforcement tap rack bang is you know the more aggressive military style. You don't go tap rack bang in law enforcement. You gotta you gotta pause because your your bullets will cost you a lot more of your private life in law enforcement than it will uh, in the military. Not to say that it won't, but just different standards. So with your training, just make sure it's realistic because if you in real life. Have to like have some type of malfunction every other round. They're, you're you're already in the hole. You already fucked up somewhere down the road. Like you weren't maintaining your equipment. There was some type of catastrophic failure. Some something else is going on if your gun is jamming up that bad. I mean, I cleaned my stuff up literally right after the range. Like I cleaned both weapons and uh, actually ran pretty clean for. I don't know, maybe maybe with this, quote, ammo shortage, maybe the ammo's getting cleaner. I, I don't really know, but I cleaned mine that day. Um, and I'm sure there's some people that put those those weapons straight back in their car and straight back in their holster and just fucking forgot about it. So that carbon's just sitting in their, uh, you know, weapon, just getting fucked. Um, what else on training here? One of my big things is... Um, is speed kills like if you make a decision faster and, and law enforcement's not necessarily kill it's you know neutralize a threat you know sometimes we're uh you know just cuz you're chasing somebody doesn't mean you're chasing them to kill them you're chasing them to arrest them um we're not in a lot of shoot to kill scenarios anymore that's not the world we live in anymore um so but just that speed will will You will win with speed. Whatever your win is, if it's the Marine Corps, if it's the National Guard, if it's trying to get on SRT, if it's just being a regular deputy, if it's being SRO and protecting your kids, like you making a decision faster than some other clown you're dealing with, you're going to fucking win. So, I was always kind of like that, um, just g- growing up, just <clears throat> just in sports, if you can make a decision quicker and execute than everybody else on the field, you're going to be fucking good to go, but, uh, so for all my infantry types out there, you'll already know this, um, I was not infantry, but I have a lot of inf- infantry friends, and I was probably, probably did the wrong thing, but, you know, I'm getting too old now to kind of go back, so. Probably I don't know most famous or, or meaningful kind of sentence uh, in my training and this is this is from the Wikipedia. But this is kind of a, a mission statement in the Marine Corps the mission of a Marine Corps rifle squad is to locate destroy the enemy, close with and destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver or to repel the enemy's assault by fire and close combat so that just pretty means pretty much means close with them and kill them uh, so all of the Marine Corps training manuals uh, I mean the the verbiage is just fucking incredible it's very aggressive it's probably uh, you know toxic as fuck to some of the soft people out there uh, you know that you know talk about toxic masculinity and all that kind of stuff but when you're trying to, when you're trying to fight wars for uh, for Uncle Sam, uh, that soft that softness does doesn't have doesn't have a place, uh, you know, in, in the battlefield, whatever your battlefield may be. Um, and that kind of that kind of stuck with me. Just, just in ever in in everything in law enforcement, it's just maybe your 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 end goal isn't. As aggressive, aka death, uh, you know, you're just trying to into situation quickly, get somebody in cuffs quickly, get them in the car quickly, uh, you know, help your partner as quickly as possible because you're, you know, preserving preserving life and freedom. So, kind of, you got to have a more aggressive mindset to get maybe a lesser objective done. You just got to know you know, when to throttle it up and down. So that's all I wanted to hit on with uh, kind of some training we did this week, some stuff we did. Um, if any of that sounded confusing, you can hit me up, and I'll, I'll tell you some of the drills we did. Like I said, they're nothing – it's nothing fancy. It's nothing crazy. Everybody – it's made for everybody at the sheriff's office to be able to do it. Um, you know, you're not fucking – John Wick or fucking Thirteen Days or, uh, you know, Chris Pratt or anything like that. Like, calm down. So, next thing we're gonna get to got some uh, some interesting articles out here. I got like twenty browser windows open right now, so let me sift through some of this. So, first one I wanted to hit on, and I had already talked about it. Uh I'd already talked about it with Bobby. So Governor Abbott Governor Abbott of Texas signs permitless gun carry into law, so that's constitutional carry. So that officially got signed uh by him HB nineteen twenty seven uh which was Wednesday, hump day today, June sixteenth. And that'll go into effect for uh, for Texans on September first. So, must be nice to be getting all your rights back. Uh, because in South Carolina they would not do it because of uh, some bigger heads out there that everybody at the state house likes to believe and pretty much they like to believe some of those people over kind of what all the citizens want. So, I mean, it's small victory, not a complete victory uh, in my eyes because, uh, I mean, even as before I was in law enforcement and even after I've been in for a little while, my viewpoint has not, has not changed on that. Um, it's one of those things where with constitutional rights and with, you know, example me kind of showing up on a scene, trying to figure out what's going on because you never have all the information. Um, you know, is it the complainant's fault? Is it dispatch's fault? Is it my fault for kind of reading something wrong and assuming something? I mean, it's a little little bit of all three. Um, but with getting on scenes and then with even, even constitutional law, and we're kind of slowly getting kind of our – some of our constitutional rights back in my opinion that's just an opinion Um, I'm gonna I kind of have the viewpoint of starting at 100% and working your way down so what do I mean by that we're let's just say we have ooh, hope nobody grills me too bad for this, but let's say we have 50% of our rights. Let's just pick an easy number. 50% out of 100%. We have 50% of our rights. So maybe those the, with a gun, you know, say you're in a state that gets, say you don't have income tax, uh, say you don't have or say you do have constitutional carry. So if you own a gun, you can, you can have it on you without having to have a license um, because it's, it's a right. Um, so now you're like up to like 60 or 70%, right? So I look at it the other way. So if you're a perfectly good citizen, you know, you're not, you got nothing going on, uh, you know, between the ears, that's, that's not quite right. Uh, you got a clean record, you don't have any felonies, um, like there shouldn't be any restrictions, I mean, I even believe like there, there's not a different my my gun viewpoint does not change when I've got a badge on and when I don't have a badge on like like I said I've been on so many scenes where it's like oh I got a gun here and this and that and and then out on the street when I have people walk up you know walk up to me or drive up to me what you know wherever I'm at I'm usually trying to finish a report or something walking out of the gas station oh oh deputy you know can i ask you this or whatever and most of the time it's about guns well i don't have my cwp or i just moved here from north carolina or i just or whatever um and, and with guns i always make sure i give them the right answer but that's what i'm passionate about so i'm usually i'm usually spot on with helping people out um so with those constitutional rights that should have you started 100 percent of your rights And then as you fuck up, that's when you start losing rights. Not, you know, just because the government's scared, or you live in a certain city, or I don't care if you live in a right-leaning town or a left-leaning town, like, the Constitution's still the Constitution. It doesn't, you know, it wasn't a red piece of paper, a blue piece of paper, or whatever very childish way you want to think about it for it to make sense. So, but some people say like, oh, well, how would you know who's supposed to have a gun and not have a gun? And so instead of violating your constitutional right or, you know, your second amendment of, of having a fucking weapon, we need to make it easier to determine if somebody is disqualified from having it. So the two things... The two things in my mind is looking at their criminal record. So, are they a felon? How many felons? You know, how many felonies do they have? How many felony convictions? Uh, and then what their mental health status is. If they've been disqualified uh, for a mental health reason, if it's like a legit disease. Um, I don't know. Mental health is a very dense topic, and I don't and I don't know. You know. The, a lot of the nuts and bolts about it. I just know how I deal with it. Uh, I just know how I deal with it out on the street. Um, but those two things need to be easier to to verify with mental health. Oh, well HIPAA and blah, blah blah. and well, I mean it, you gotta start making decisions like what what's what's more important? Everybody's constitutional rights in America or this one person's health record, if they're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs or not. Like, I think it's worth it. Um, And then with felonies, I don't know, there's some people where once you've been convicted of a felony, you lose, you know, you you can't vote, can't own a firearm, ever. Well, say you commit some felony when you're 18, like right when you're able to be tried as an adult, sometimes it happens a little sooner, but it's got to be like something horrendous. Um, But say you get a felony as a young man or woman or they, or whatever you identify as nowadays, an avocado. Um, Say you serve, you serve all that time. Well, then you're a felon forever. That's like, okay, well, if you did, you did the crime, you, you, you know, paid the time, paid in time, and then you're just fucked forever? Eh, as much as, as much as we let people get away with stuff, I feel like that should probably be looked at again too. Now, that being said, I mean, in my world, like I see a lot more, you're just exposed to a lot more negative than positive, and you got to look for the positives a lot more, uh, but most felons commit more felonies. Sorry. Uh, I'm just being kind of optimistic out there. Once you serve that time, like, you should be good to go. But then, like, what's the limit? I'll, like, say you do a felony, five years, cool. Another felony, five years. Like, how many times are you going to do that? It's like, oh, well, you know, I could have a gun five years ago, and now I can't have one. Now i got to wait five. Like, I don't know. Just kind of spitballing here. Um, but, yeah, so constitutional carry in Texas, good for you all. Uh we didn't get it, but I mean it was it was a little baby step. Maybe we'll get it in a couple more years. Like I said, South Carolina's last to do a lot of things. Next, going down the list, not to get too political, but y'all know how we do here, so assumptions will be made. Um so this week was the big G seven over in uh, the G7 meeting in Britain, and I'm not gonna have any comments about that because there's just oh, people are still scared of COVID. Like presidents messing up on speeches, surprise. Uh, just I don't care what any of those clowns have to say anyway. Um, but one one thing that I saw that. It's very interesting. Read this article on the American military news. So, the Biden administration wants Americans to report radicalized friends, family, and co-workers to the government. And then it's got a picture of this guy, like, firebombing a car, like, in Philly or something. And, you know, who knows who he voted for, right? But he's got all black on, so... We know what that M.O. has been. So, President Joe Biden's administration is working on a plan to allow Americans to report radicalized friends and family to government agencies in order to combat domestic terrorism, a senior administration official said Monday. So domestic terrorism and white supremacy and all that, they kind of they try to put them all together um but because of what's been going on the last year with corona i don't think this would be that much of a problem if that was handled differently uh, cuz when you lock people down, and you take away their jobs and say they can't do that and say they got to wear these masks and then those masks just make you angry cuz it's that heat on your face, it's your hot breath on your own face. um you know tempers tempers uh start boiling. So, here's why this is scary. For all my peeps that didn't like history class or skipped out on history class, um, this is a strategy that the fascists and communists did uh, in the first half, heavily in the first half of the 20th century. So we're talking like, Nazi Germany, uh, Stalin Russia, Mao Zedong in China, hell, China's still doing it now. Uh, where they're re-educating uh, Muslims in the western part of uh, big ass China over there. Um, so, reporting extremism, like, so what? What does that even look like? And I'm just talking out loud here, um, as I'm kind of moseying through this article, and this is kind of a. American military news is kind of, I personally think it's a little right-leaning, but usually the military sites try to say they stay in the middle, but <coughs> it's a little right-leaning. I'm not going to lie. Um. Yeah, so Biden's talking about having laser focus on domestic terrorism, and they're not really giving it a good definition. I mean, it took, you know, years and years to even uh, – define what terrorism is, and I remember when I was even in, um, when I was going to Carolina, I mean, it changed almost all the time, so just a quick little Google search here on, you know, the definition of terrorism, the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians, in the pursuit of political aims, um, so I don't think it's always political aims. I think it can be, I mean, it can be religious aims, financial aims. You know, I don't think it necessarily has to be for politics, but that's the most That's the most often one you see out there. That's the most often one you see out there nowadays. So let's just put it that way. So, but... I mean, say you got a beef with your neighbor, and you just make up, make up some stuff about him, uh, or her, or they, or avocado, and it kind of turns into red flag laws. You know, some minority report shit. Like we're locking people up for for ideas, or what we thought were ideas, or what they may be thinking, and just that's some scary shit and that's a bad road to go down so that kinda that kinda stuck out when I saw that oracle today so that's why I wanted to talk about it so be I don't know be careful who you fucking talk to basically because they're they're, they're out hemming up people for for damn near anything um yeah so don't be a radical Whatever that means. So, last story we got is actually from South Carolina. And if y'all don't know about this story, this shit is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So... Y'all need to look up the the Murdoch family in South Carolina. And they're in a couple counties down in the down in the low country. So Colton County, Hampton County, Jasper County. They're all kind of down there in that area. And this family, it's a big legal family in South Carolina. They've got uh, it's multiple generations of lawyers and attorney generals, and there's just, th- and there's been a lot of corrupt politics. Been involved with this family for decades, and uh, the youngest one started a few ba- a few years back. Um, remember the first time I heard of the family there was a boating boating accident down actually near paris island um it, where a young lady died and y'all y'all can look this up i'm not going to get too big into the into the details here but the a big article i like on it is from the island packet which is a just a publication down there in the low country and they kind of break down uh the day of the boat wreck and how uh, young Murdaugh was uh, kind of acting like an ass once first responders got there, and then it kind of got wiped out of the rug or wiped under the rug. Uh, you know, and his dad and his granddad showed up and kind of intimidated some DNR and DNR officers and some deputies down there. And that happened in 2019, so this is pre COVID. Um, they eventually found the young lady. Fortunately, um, some civil suits, um, were done, but just, there wasn't, there wasn't actually, like, any, quote, justice, um, seen, and this was from, uh, mid, mid-2019, um, <coughs> And I'm just going down the timeline right here, and then I'll give you a kind of a current, a current article on it. Um, so it was just going, just slowly going through uh, through the court system. There was some other incidents where I believe Mardall like got in trouble at Carolina. Um, he attacked. They believe he was associated with the death of a young a uh, gay man down in the low country, a lot of stuff that <laughs> we're probably never going to be able to prove. Um, I mean South Carolina is is actually known for to be quite corrupt when it comes to um, you know politics and money and big, Know legal families in the state. I'm trying to find a stat on South Carolina corruption here for you. I don't want to be talking out of the side of my ass. With yeah, I can't find anything I like to tell you, so I'm not gonna put it out there. But South Carolina is known to be kind of kind of corrupt. Like if if you like ranked states, it's like one of the few things we're ranked high in, uh, you know, so that's great. So this came, this all came back to light, uh, this year. So there was kind of a gap there during Corona. Nothing really happened for about a year. Um, so February 2021, the latest court fillings uh, and the insurance lawsuit uh, happened. It still hadn't been resolved, so there was some, some insurance and civil stuff going on there. Uh, June 4th, so this month, so June 4th, 2021, the latest court filings and the wrongful death lawsuit filed by Renee Beach, which is the young lady's mother, uh, mediation in the trial previously failed, so the suit, Uh, seems likely to go to trial. So that happened on the 4th. Well, a really, really big wrench got thrown into this on June 7th. Paul Murdahl and his mother Maggie are shot to death in their Colton County home between 9 p.m. and 9.30 p.m., according to the coroner. Uh, And it says, sources say that Alex Murdahl, which is the young boy Paul's dad, and maggie's husband discovered the bodies so through the very next day news of the shocking deaths and the prominent legal family spreads throughout south carolina and the nation questions and conspiracies surrounding the violent shooting spiral as for the criminal charges against paul murdahl uh an sc attorney general spokesperson said we obviously cannot proceed with the prosecution so once we have a death certificate or other acceptable proof, we'll officially dismiss the charges. And that's on Paul. That's the young, the young man uh, that seemingly just got away with with everything growing up. Uh, so classic spoiled rich kid. But there's there's probably going to be like a lifetime show on this. Um, So, most recent article, posted two hours ago uh, here on Hump Day by the Police Tribune, which as you can tell, I kind of like it. All right. So. The county coroner announced that the mother and son from a prominent South Carolina family were found dead in the yard of their rural estate, in Islandton, and they were both murdered. So they did confirm it was murder. I believe one of them, uh, one of them got shot in the face with a shotgun, and the other one, uh, they believe, got was shot with a higher powered rifle. You can imagine it's probably just AR 15. Uh, same time frame, 9 to 9 30 p.m. on June 7th. Autopsies were completed on June 10th at the Medical University of South Carolina, Charleston, and that's where they take a lot of high-profile autopsies. Most officer deaths, the officer will go to MUSC also, and they'll be escorted to and from wherever they need to go across the state. (coughs) Going down the list here. And then just reiterate some of the stuff I already told you. So there's all kind of rumors going around with this. Um, Some people are trying to get like double verification that the bodies were actually uh, young Paul and his mother. And some people are saying it was staged and that they like ran off to some other property. They needed to disappear. It's it's developing, and it's just South Carolina drama to the core. I don't want to say I'm excited to see what happens. That's probably the wrong word, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Because um, this is definitely one of those cases where everything is going to go straight to SLED. <laughs> They're not going to let anybody down there in the low country independently do this. Uh, something high profile, profile like this, it is going straight to the South Carolina State Law Enforcement Division uh, without question. So hopefully that will be out of the, the grips of some of the low country influence. But, yeah, just catch up on that. Murdoch family in the Lowcountry. Drama. I hope it's a movie one day or something. Why can't we be famous for something good, right? Oh, well. That's that's why we're trying to push good knowledge on here, right? So, talked about training. Talked about a couple articles of the week that I liked. Um, Last thing, big announcement. That got announced today is Valkyrie Tactical Solutions is presenting the 2021 Best SWAT competition, a.k.a. the Ragnarok, which is always motivating, right? So, Valkyrie Tactical Solutions is conducting the 2021 Best SWAT competition, the Ragnarok. This competition... Test teams on their tactical and technical proficiency on seven distinct events. These events will give agencies from across the state the privilege and opportunity to network, learn, and enjoy friendly competition. Our goal is to encourage exchange, uh, encourage exchange of tactics, techniques, and promote the high level of tactical skills, mental focus, and physical endurance needed for high-performance teams. So this is going to be held on November twenty sixth and twenty seventh, which is a Friday and Saturday. Um, location. This is the, so the date and the location is what they were still kind of up in the air with. Um, after I had talked to them about this months ago, um, and we mentioned it, it, we mentioned it in our in our first podcast with uh, with Thomas and Brewer. So it's going to be held at the sawmill. Uh, Tactical Training Complex up there in Lawrence, South Carolina. is um, formerly known as, uh, known as SCOTG, the South Carolina Official Training Grounds. Um, it's still kind of in their logo, kind of in passing, but they, uh, they got a big influx of money up there, let's, let's say that. They got some people that wanted to uh, invest in them. Uh, saw the potential that was up there. I was up there before it got really developed when it was still basically an old horse farm, but some of the ranges were kind of cut out and dug out and all that. And It's come a long way, and it's, it's um, I'm glad we got something like this in South Carolina. And, there, and there's a couple other good places too, but <clears throat> they're all different. Um, they're all different in their own ways. Um, they all push good material. Most of them are local guys. Some of them like each other, some of them don't. Some of them got beef, some of them don't. <sighs> Whatever. I've kind of tried to get away from that. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be out the sawmill. I'm super excited about it. Uh, cost is going to be $100 per team. It's going to be closed to uh, law enforcement, military, and special agencies. Um, lunch will be provided both days. Um, teams will consist of six to eight operators. So that's just kind of a little basically a flyer. Uh they put out today. They put it on all their social media this morning. I shared the shit out of it this morning. Uh we started tagging sheriffs and departments um in it. Um I was wanting to try to get them on tonight, but I mean you know life happens. I mean Brewer had something going on. Thomas had something going on. Um so we'll have an episode down the road where we'll get into maybe not too many details. Cause I, I mean, I've been involved with a couple competitions and, uh, you know, it's not like, it's not like a golf course where you got like a map of it. You're like, Oh, well I know the distance to everything. I know where the pin is going to be today. Uh, these competitions are usually not like that. Um, because just like, just like in regular law enforcement, you're usually not going to know the lay of the land when you show up on a scene. Sometimes you will. Sometimes you'll be, you know, familiar with uh, frequent flyers. Uh, you know, people you all, you know, inter- interact with on a daily basis if you take them to jail or not. Um, so I'm hoping to get a full episode out of them about that. Uh yeah, so there'll, there'll be more to come on that. I'm gonna see if I can sponsor, if, uh, if we can sponsor a team or two. See how that's gonna work. So obviously, if I sponsor a team, then I can't compete, or you know, be a, be a range uh, safety officer or anything like that, or, or help them run a stage. Um, so I might just sponsor, or we might just sponsor a team, and I'm just gonna be out there just recording podcasts and just interviewing the shit out of everybody. Um, which I think that's I think that's what would be best. <laughs> that's what I would enjoy the most, anyway. Um, you know, because I'm still relatively new to my agency and getting on board with SRT and stuff like that. And I know I'm definitely not going to be in the top six to eight guys out of people that have already been on it for a couple years and have already been to SWAT school and were infantry and all that kind of stuff. So I, got, I still got some catching up to do in that sense. Uh, since it took me a while to get settled with the agency I'm at now. So that'll be the big that'll be the big event of the fall. Um and we're gonna help with that um as much as possible because obviously we know everybody at Valkyrie. Uh we know a lot of people that uh work out there at the sawmill from from years and years ago before any of us were even in anything when we were all just kids. Um, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that got announced today. I couldn't, I couldn't share it fast enough. So, I'll be, uh, I'll be sharing the shit out of that on the page. Um, hopefully, I can get Kyle and his boys out there, and some of the other people across the state that we know. Um, so yeah, basically, the big thing coming up is going to be this competition. In November now I don't have now I do not have any details of possible sponsors out there how can you sponsor teams um, if you can you know come and watch um, I'm not sure exactly how they're gonna do that yet I, I do not have those details but those will be put on here and or uh, social media platforms as quickly as possible um, but like it said in here, I know for sure it says, well, it says close to law enforcement, military, and special agencies. So, say y'all are a little department out there, or say you're maybe just some some, some admin. You know, say you're a captain or a major, and you just want to come out there and see what's going on see what equipment some people are running, look at some tactics, and then maybe take that back to your department and make your department better, but not necessarily bring a team. Um, I mean, I would highly encourage that. Um, and, I'll, you know, I'll talk to Thomas and Brewer about that. Because, um, like it said in there, it even says in here to fucking, you know, share and exchange tactics, techniques, and promote a high level of tactical skills and mental focus. So just because you're not competing doesn't mean you can't go up there and learn something. So I don't know how exactly they're going to do that with the control and the numbers. I'm sure they're not, you know, if a fucking sheriff and a deputy chief comes out there, I'm sure they're not going to turn them down. Uh, But anybody else, I'm not really sure exactly how they're going to want to do that. But like I said, they just announced it today. It'll be at the sawmill. Super excited that it's out there. We were really not sure, uh, what the, uh, what the site was going to be. Cause I mean, sawmill runs stuff in classes all the time. They have sheepdog response out there. They have fieldcraft survival out there. Um, just name kind of like two big names, um, that I can just think of off the top of my head. I mean, long day, long shift. And then I get in here and just run my suck for a little bit, um, But I'm super excited. We're going to be down there in November. Hopefully I'll get some time off to even go to it, right? I'm talking it up, and I don't even know if I'm going to be off yet. So, all right, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Talked a little tactics. Talked a little current events. And then the big event coming on in November. So, hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, tell me what you didn't like. If you liked it. Uh, you know tell me what parts you did like make sure to like share and subscribe all of our material um, like I said do it across all the platforms I don't really care if you're just on one if you've got an account you know on IG but you don't go to IG and you just do Facebook you know just just go and like it go and do the review it's gonna help us down the road to get sponsors um, and just grow this thing where we can, we can go to more places. We can get more people on here and it's not going to be me by myself reading articles. Thanks guys.